Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. I thank you for joining us as we uh, get together on this Thursday morning through this remarkable and incredible venue that we call J.M. in the A.M. and the Nachum Siegel Network. That was uh, Chaim David Burson with Imish Gachech, Shalom done by Miami. Yehuda Green and uh, Shema Koleinu. Can't think of any words more poignant than that this morning. Um, or than those, I should say. Simcha Liner, Marakade, and Lachayim, and of course, Regesh, Modaani opening things up, and we say good morning. JM and the M on this Thursday, December the 13th, the 5th of Teves, the year 5779, Tough Shanayan Test. 35 degrees, showers here today with a high of 41. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 39, and tomorrow cloudy weather with a high temperature, 51 degrees. Yushalayim at 52, we're at 35 here in New York as we say good morning and welcome everybody from around the world. Feel free to comment on the NSN app, the Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone. We say good morning to you. You can say good morning to us in that uh, forum through the app and feel free to uh, comment away. Well, in a, uh, I don't even know how to say it. I, I, I guess the, we'll start with the following. We'll start with the following. The collective Jewish heart agonizing yesterday as word had spread and then eventually the funeral was held for Amiad Israel. Amiad Israel is a a little boy born at 30 weeks uh, whose mother was uh, wounded in the Ofra attack this past Sunday. And um, the doctors, to their credit, felt that the uh, the best thing to do was to deliver the baby at that early stage and this this young preemie this little soul of Israel Amiad Israel unfortunately passed away yesterday this is news that of course spread rapidly as it does these days throughout the Jewish world and unfortunately even though these attacks like the one in Ofra uh, get little media attention around the world outside of the traditional sources that you would expect would be speaking about them and reporting about them when it comes to the when it comes to the death of this young baby or the murder in this case of this young baby all of a sudden there seems to be media attention from around the world about these these attacks and these episodes the uh headlines in the Israeli newspapers and again the story of the day starting yesterday was about the passing of Amiad Yisrael and his eventual funeral and burial. Then this morning we in this area and of course for those who have uh, who are in Israel they discovered this news earlier this morning in a devastating terrorist attack as the Jerusalem Post puts it on Thursday, two Israelis were killed, two others seriously wounded, north of Yerushalayim. The shots were fired by a Palestinian who got out of his car and started shooting. He then fled the scene, and his car was located by security forces near Ramallah. 
The terrorist was believed to have fled on foot and soldiers were searching for him. Givat Asaf, the site of the attack, is a main junction two kilometers south of Ofra, scene of the similar drive-by shooting on Sunday in which seven people were wounded and now, of course, Amiad was killed. The dead and wounded in this case were said to be in their 20s. The two wounded, a man and a woman, were evacuated to Jerusalem Shari Tzedek Hospital. The IDF imposed a closure on Ramallah after the attack and sent reinforcements to the area. A car stopped, according to Brigadier General Ronen Manelis. A car stopped at a hitchhiking spot, and at least one suspect got out and fired shots toward both civilians and soldiers. It's unclear whether troops at the scene opened fire at the car. Eleven people have been killed in 2018 in seven deadly terror attacks in the Shomron, including the shooting attack that occurred on Thursday. So that is the latest from Israel. We on this side of the world and so many other people who have their eyes and heart ears turned and tuned to Jerusalem, to Israel, wake up to this news. And uh, when we say our thoughts and prayers are with our brothers and sisters at this time, it is no exaggeration. Our thoughts and prayers are with our brothers and sisters at this time. As the enemy again has found a way to attack our people right in the heart of our people. Thursday morning broadcast here at JM and the AM at 24 minutes before 7 o'clock. More coming up, of course, as we continue on this Thursday morning. And all we ask is that you keep it right here at JM and the AM. So, so do 
Ach, 
JM in the AM Thursday morning on this uh, on this uh, day that um, seems to repeat itself too often. A day that we reflect back on on the murder of uh, of our brethren in Israel, and uh, after Sunday's terror attack, which frankly, so many of us were were so thankful that. Uh, that the um, that the baby, the preemie in that situation, was able to be delivered, and we were hoping for for miraculous news. Frankly, uh, unfortunately, yesterday we learned of the uh, the death, and in this case, the murder of Amiad and um, his funeral and burial, and then, of course, this attack this morning that uh, has left two of our brethren dead, others wounded. And um, the collective Jewish heart certainly aches, as you would suspect, here on this Thursday morning. Achenu comes from the uh, the Dirshu Heyu Nechonim album. Uh, before that, Achenu, uh, someone asked on the app uh, where that one was from. That was Leva Nefesh with Achenu. Um... On our app, listener Terry comments that the that the music is reflecting our collective sentiment, and as the name Amiad Yisrael suggests, we will go on as a nation. But how much longer do we need to use the phrase Hashem Yinikom Damam? Enough. Well said. Enough is enough. And yes, the Jewish nation will continue and likely will be led by people who are involved in these episodes because they seem to be the strongest amongst us so often. And those who are in Yehudan Shomron and those who have leadership roles and those who have the pioneering spirit in their, in their young years who turn out to be, if the enemy doesn't get them first, turn out to be great leaders of the Jewish people. Thursday morning broadcast at nine minutes before seven o'clock. You're listening to JM in the AM. As we continue on this. Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. Shalom. 
Sham and the AM Thursday morning. Reminder that uh, you could sponsor part or all of a JM and the AM broadcast in memory of somebody, in honor of somebody, for a foolish lame for someone, for someone's birthday, whatever the case may be. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and sponsor as generously as you can, fjbunity.org. I do want to note that uh, we are on the road a week from uh, yesterday. On Wednesday, we are broadcasting from Toronto, Canada. Toronto, get ready for us. Please install the app. Make sure you're tuned in no matter where you are in Toronto and anywhere around the world. We are in Toronto on Wednesday of this coming week to participate in their one-day charity uh, campaign to support the uh, Eruv and Hatzalah of Toronto, Canada. Uh, We're asking everybody, obviously, to give generously, but uh, even more important to me, uh, tune in and be part of the uh, be part of the collective family that's going to be together up in Canada broadcasting uh, on Wednesday of next week. We also are uh, planning, and it looks like uh, this is really coming to fruition, which we are so happy about. It looks like we're planning with our friends at kosher.com to be in a uh, major establishment on Tuesday night, the night before right after our Sarabateves. So Toronto, get ready for us, and we'll let you know all the information as soon as we have it. And uh, again, we are very much looking forward to that visit. On Thursday, a week from today, those of you in Woodmere are encouraged to stop by and say hi. I've got to get a bagel. Um, JNF, our friends at the Jewish National Fund, have a lot of news to share with us, and we're going to be doing the JM and AM radio show on Thursday, the 20th of December, with our friends at JNF. So get ready for that. We have some amazing stuff going on here. Next week's a big travel week, which is always fun. So I hope you'll be tuned in and uh, ready to roll with us here at JM and the AM. And again, give generously and keep us going during our year-end campaign. Log on to fjbunity.org, FJB, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting, fjbunity.org. And of course, for that, we thank you. Uh, we are um, we are focused this morning on the devastating terrorist attack where two of our brethren were killed and two others were seriously wounded north of Yerushalayim as a an Arab got out of his car and started shooting, then fled the scene. His car was located by security forces near Ramallah. Terrorists fled on foot. Soldiers are searching for him. Givat Asaf is the site of the attack, a main junction two kilometers south of Ofra where the similar drive-by shooting occurred on Sunday. The dead and wounded are in their 20s, as I mentioned earlier. The the young, pioneering leaders of Israel are the ones that our enemy very often gets. The two wounded, a man and woman, are brothers and sisters, evacuated to Jerusalem's Shari Tzedek Medical Center. And, uh, of course, the IDF has imposed a closure on Ramallah after the attack. A total of now 11 people have been killed in 2018 in seven deadly terror attacks in the West Bank. And, of course, this is just after, the morning after the funeral and burial of Amiad Yisrael, the preemie infant who was murdered, it turns out, after the attack on Sunday and after his passing yesterday. And the collective Jewish pain around the world is certainly being felt in the collective Jewish heart. And we are all focused on what's happening now in Israel.
Thursday morning at JM in the AM, Galitzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up again. Galitzal in the background. Our news from Israel. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday is next. We say Boker Tov from JM in the AM. גליצב מירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב, כאן רן יובנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. פיגוע ירי בתחנת האוטובוס סמוך לגבעת אסף שבבנימין. שני צעירים נרצחו. בבית החולים שערי צדק בירושלים מטופל פצוע שמצבו אנוש. מצבה של פצועה נוספת שמטופלת בהדסה מוגדר בינוני. מזירת הפיגוע מדווחת כתבתנו עמית חדד. צה"ל תר אחר המחבל או חוליית המחבלים שביצעו את הפיגוע בצומת אסף דרומית לבית אל. כוחות צה"ל נמצאים בזירה בה נקבע מותם של שני צעירים כבני עשרים. צעיר במצב קשה מאוד מטופל בבית החולים שערי צדק בירושלים עם חבלת ראש קשה. הוא נמצא כעת בניתוח והרופאים נאבקים על חייו. פצועה נוספת פונתה לבית החולים הדסה עין כרם גם היא במצב קשה עם פציעת ירי כוחות ביהודה ושומרון מדווח כתבנו לענייני צבא וביטחון צחי דבוש. בתום הערכת מצב מיוחדת הוחלט בצה"ל לשלוח מספר גדודי לוחמים ליהודה ושומרון. בצבא חוששים מפיגועי חקיינות שיגיעו בעקבות הפיגוע הרצחני בגבעת אסף. מחר יצוין יום הקמת חמאס והדבר מגביר את ההיערכות של צה"ל. בתוך כך מצוד מתנהל בשטח אחר חוליית המחבלים שנמלטה. כתר מלא הוטל על העיר רמאללה. בתוך כך הרשות הפלסטינית מאשימה, האקלים התוקפני שישראל יוצרת מוביל לאלימות. כתבנו לעניינים ערביים ג'קי חוגי. ראש ממשלת הרשות רמי חמדאללה מזהיר את ישראל מן הצעדים החריפים שלה על רמאללה וסביבותיה, ואומר כי ביכולתם להוליד אלימות נוספת. ואילו בחמאס מודים היום לכל פלסטיני שיקריב את בנו למען האל, כך לדבריהם. סאלח ברגותי רוצח הוולד מעופרה, הוא בנו של אסיר משוחרר. חבר הכנסת בצלאל סמוטריץ' ממפלגת האיחוד הלאומי תקומה הציב תנאי לראש הממשלה ושר הביטחון נתניהו אם לא תחזיר את המחסומים ותסגור את צירי התנועה לערבים נשקול לפרוש מהממשלה את הדברים אמר בריאיון לטלי ליפקין שחק בגלי צה"ל. אנחנו הודענו על כינוס מרכז בלהציב שתי דרישות חד משמעיות לראש הממשלה כל עוד יש פיגועים ערבים לא יסתירים וכמובן דרישה בתחום ההתיישבות החוק להסדרה את ההתיישבות הצעירה אך הגיע הזמן גם את ההתיישבות להסדיר עד ששני התנאים יתקיימו אנחנו נפסיק להצביע עם הקואליציה יש גבול לכל תעלול או שזו ממשלת ימין או שהיא לא ממשלה הכתובת הייתה מרוחה כאן באותיות קידוש עוד בחדשות, שיא של כשנה וחצי במכירת דירות חדשות, כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתאי הנאווי. בחודש אוקטובר נמכרו 2,038 דירות חדשות, שיא מאז יולי 2017, כך מדווחת הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה. חלק מהגידול מוסבר כתוצאה מדחיית עסקאות לאחר חגי תשרי. נתוני המגמה מלמדים גם הם על עלייה בקצב של 2% בממוצע לחודש, מאפריל השנה במכירת דירות חדשות. הוארך בשמונה ימים מעצרו של החשוד ברצח סילבנה צגאי לפני כשבועיים. כתבתנו ליה ספילקין מעדכנת שהמשטרה הצהירה בדיון כי החשוד מסר לראשונה גרסה מפלילה הקושרת אותו לכאורה למיוחס לו ואף לא הכחיש שקיים מגע מיני עם הנערה בת ה-13. מזג האוויר לסיום, הטמפרטורות נמוכות מרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות שעורכת טל זרביב.
Levine, a song called Paduscha. That's the uh, title track to his latest album. Literally just came out this week. Mazal Tov to Baruch Levine. We'll have an opportunity to speak with him coming up here at JM in the AM. Not today, but coming up at JM in the AM. Taras Chaim from Miami. You heard Shlemy Gertner's Shabbos. Shalshelis had Yibanem. Mordechai Ben David with Ani Mamin and Vani to open up the hour. Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Don't forget you could sponsor part or all of a JM in the AM broadcast simply by going to um, fjbunity.org. That's fjbunity.org. You can sponsor part or all of AJMDM broadcast and keep us going during this year-end 2018 campaign, and we thank you. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Arav Zebunibos of Alevi, and Zechonishmas Esther Basarabos of Alevi. Here is 
Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Throughout each and every day, we try and do some tshuva. We try to repent and become closer to Hashem. We have the formula for our vidoy, for our confession to Hashem, which is a main component of repentance. There we say, that I have great regret whatever I have done, and I promise never to return to this sin again. The Mabid asked the question, how is it possible that a person can promise to Hashem in the midst of their vidoy that they will never return to the sin again? A human being could err. A human being is fallible. It is quite possible that they might return to the sin. And then they've already promised Hashem, they've made a statement declaring that they wouldn't return to the sin, and now they're going to go back on that declaration and somewhat cancel the promise that they've made to Hashem. So how can they do it? The Mabit says that there are two parts to an individual, the Nevesh Bahamis and the Nevesh HaLokis. It's the animal soul and the godly soul. When a person is moved to do tshuva, when a person is moved to repentance, then the godly soul takes over. The godly soul makes the declaration, says, I will never return to this again. However, sometime later, if by chance the person does fall once again and stumbles into sin, it is not the Nefesh Elokis, it is the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, that indeed commits the sin. That's the reason that a person remained true to their promise. The Nefesh Elokis is still bound to that promise. The only problem is that the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, took over and then caused the individual to commit the sin. When we understand the depth of the comment of the Mabit, we realize that our struggle each and every day of our lives is that the Nevesh the godly soul, wins over the Nevesh Bahamis, the animal soul. We ask Hashem for every day divine help when we say, Loli de Nisayon Veloli de Vizayon that Hashem does not allow us to fall in to a nisayon, a challenge that we cannot handle. We pray to Hashem that all of B'nai Yisrael are zocha, as it says, v'achazirenu b'shuvosh le'molofonecho, that all of us will reach the level of complete tshuva. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Shama, 
J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast. That's, of course, Yaakov Shweki off of the Musica album. That's called Aish here at J.M. in the A.M. Reminder, you could sponsor part or all of a J.M. in the A.M. broadcast. Go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org. Be generous during our end-of-year fundraiser, which is in full swing. Again, go to fjbunity.org. Sponsor part or all of a J.M. in the A.M. broadcast. The Collective Jewish Heart aches this morning in the uh, aftermath of the passing and therefore murder of Amiad Yisrael. 
um, a preemie infant that, uh, as you know, was delivered um, on Sunday prematurely because of the uh, wounding of his mother by a uh, an Arab terrorist. On the heels of that news, we hear of what happened uh, this morning in the Shomron, just uh, a couple of kilometers away from Sunday's episode, the drive-by shooting that claimed a couple of our brethren uh, this morning, and uh, in addition, uh, wounded a couple of others. Now a total in 2018 of seven attacks in the Shamron area that have left 11 of our brothers and sisters dead. And the collective Jewish heart, of course, aches on this uh, Thursday morning in the aftermath of yesterday's funeral and uh, with the news of uh, today's drive-by shooting. Thursday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. A reminder, we are in Toronto one week from yesterday. On Wednesday of next week, we broadcast in Toronto. We are part of the big charity campaign supporting Toronto's uh, Eruv and Hatzalah. We encourage everybody in Toronto to get ready for us. Install the app. Make sure you uh, become a regular JM the AM listener before we get there on Wednesday. And it looks like Tuesday night of next week, right after our Sarabateves, we'll also be on the road in Toronto at, so far, an undisclosed location. But once we reveal it, we certainly hope everybody out there up north will come and say hi and participate in the Tuesday night show. So a big trip for next week. And also on Thursday, and what's turning out to be a big travel week for us, Thursday we're with our friends at JNF. The Jewish National Fund hosts us in Woodmere one week from today between 6 and 9 a.m. There's a lot of great brand-new things happening at JNF, and we get to uh, be with them on Thursday morning in Woodmere, New York. at got to get a bagel in Woodmere. Join us, come by, say hi, and see a live JM in the AM broadcast. 19 minutes before 8 o'clock, there is a uh, an organization, an effort, uh, called Mosaic United. Mosaic United is uh, led by Rabbi Benji Levy, who is the CEO of Mosaic United, and he is visiting us from Israel here in studio this morning on a JM in the AM Thursday. Rabbi Levy, I say welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. I appreciate that. Originally from Australia, now living where in Israel? I live in Jerusalem, and I actually made Aliyah with my wife and children two months ago. Oh, you're a real newbie to the Holy Land. My God. Fresh off the boat. And and with all the news that we hear in Israel, and with all the suffering that our brothers and sisters go through with episodes like we've been hearing this week, and that we are all aching about this week, nonetheless... A couple and family from Australia feels the place to be is Jerusalem, and you go ahead and you pick up and you move and you head there. Yes, that's for sure. And I think there's no other place that we could feel as home as Israel. And no more important time than today when we see, unfortunately, you know, whether it was only just over a month ago in the States or whether it was last week, as you discussed in Afra that um, unfortunately our enemies don't differentiate between us, no matter what our backgrounds are, no matter what our affiliations are. And what we try to do at Mosaic United is to do the same in the positive, not to differentiate, but to provide a beautiful open tent and welcome everyone in and truly make a difference and actualize our dreams in Jewish identity and connections to Israel for the next generation. How long ago was Mosaic United formed? Uh, Mosaic United was formed um, just a few years ago, around three years ago. And it was actually, you know, it's been iterating ever since um, in a traditional Jewish way, as it does. (laughs) It was born as an idea through the prime minister's office of Israel 
um, with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs in conjunction with Diaspora Jury, looking for how Israel can truly make a meaningful and sustained partnership with the diaspora. And this is because there's been somewhat of a shift over the last, I would say, 10 years. The attitude traditionally has always been in our community, and I mean our community worldwide, that we, outside of Israel, would be there for our brethren in Israel. It now seems there's a shift, and that in Israel, it is uh, both the government and the people who feel they have to be there for their brethren in the diaspora. Nachum, I couldn't put it better myself. I think that what Mosaic United really represents is the actualization of that dream, is a, a new era of the Jewish people, whereby for over 70 years, you know, it's really people outside of Israel and even obviously for millennia that have sustained the vision and that have been part of the dream to bring the state of Israel about in our modern times. And, you know, when we think about the difficulties that was before that, it's incredible to see that vision come to life. Now, at this point in time, in 2018, economically we're stronger than ever before. Right. Militarily by we're stronger. By we, we mean the state of Israel. We, the state of Israel, and the Jewish people by extension. Right. Right. Um, militarily in Israel, also, we are stronger than ever before. In fact, you know, there has been no better time for sovereignty in the land in, in um, decades, in millennia. And therefore, it's incredible to see that the Jewish people in Israel are saying one of our greatest existential threats isn't necessarily where we are. It's our brothers and sisters around the world. And if we truly are to be the Jewish state, we need to accept responsibility of the Jewish people around the world. Kol Israel, Arevin Zelazer, we are all mutually responsible for one another. And therefore, in this incredible initiative, it's a statement more than anything else. It's an acceptance of that collective responsibility to say, whether you live in Beersheba or whether you live in the top north of Israel, in the south of Israel, in the east, in the west, in the middle, Every single person that is Jewish there is connected to any Jewish person in any other continent around the world. And through Mosaic United is an incredible statement and you know realization of this dream that we truly care and we want to be part of this partnership in a meaningful way. Rabbi Benji Levy is here, CEO of Mosaic United. So if there's an unaffiliated student, for instance, in Sydney, Australia, using a, uh, an example that would hit home for you, uh, the desire or, or your mission would be to make sure that Israel, and I hope I have this right, that Israel would serve as a magnet to to bring that person closer to their heritage and tradition. Would that be a, a good way of putting it? Look, first of all, you do hit close to home because I was an unaffiliated <laughs> student in Sydney, Australia. Seriously? Once upon a time. Yes, I was. That's funny. Um, and yes. Sometimes God puts the right words in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And he does it a lot with you, Nachum. <laughs> Thank you. So the idea essentially is that Israel is just one of the ways. But yes, definitely Israel should be well, an it's a powerful way. It's such an important way. Look, I it's think such a great tool. If you look at the effective organizations that have used Israel to try to bring people closer, birthright's a good example, right? Uh, always using Israel to get people closer. I mean, there there are efforts that are made, I think, on a regular basis that that bring the incredible magnetism of Israel to Jews in the diaspora. That's for sure. But I think that you know you, you cited birthright as an example, which right. we're very proud of um, in the state of Israel, the incredible impact that it has. You think about other programs like Massa right. that are also you know in partnership with the Ministry of Diaspora Affairs and what happens there. I think one of the unique things here is birthright and Massa bring people from outside of Israel to Israel. Right. What Mosaic United is open to that 100%, but also is about bringing Israel outside of Israel. And you could probably reach more people that way, frankly. 
Exactly. Because it's wonderful to bring people to Israel, but it's an effort to bring people to Israel. Here, you're going to them. I assume you're going to college campuses. I assume you're going to communities around the U.S. and other places, right? This is a global effort, correct? That's 100% true. Give me an example of what's happening now in North America. You're here. I assume you're here for the for the mission of Mosaic United. What is this trip like? Where, where have you visited? Who are you speaking to? So in two hours' time, I'll be um, an NYU camp- campus with a group of influencers from Israel to show them what's happening on the front lines of campus. And we'll be sitting with a number of students from um, different affiliations, from different places, from diverse streams across the board, and hearing from them what it's like. Yesterday, um, I spent the entire day with a group of students that are from around the world also learning here. The day before, I was at the Hillel Conference in Denver, Colorado, with 1,200 um, of, our, of, of Hillel's educators on the front line and people that are working in that space, and 150 from the Global Initiative um, from the Global Leadership Conference and thinking with them as to how we can truly make a difference. Mosaic United invests on campus specifically through Olami, through Chabad, and through Hillel. And through those initiatives, we're active um, in around 80% of initiatives around the world on campus. A lot Jewish of people life. are familiar with Chabad and Hillel. What's Olami? Explain to our audience. Um, Olami is a consortium of wonderful organizations um, that really focuses on connecting people to Jewish identity through that. You may be fili- familiar with Ma'or, you may be sure. familiar. So um, that's one of the examples. Um, awesome for students. They've got a whole um, suite of amazing opportunities um, for students around the world. All right, so you go to NYU today. How did the students even find out you're going to be there? Like, is there is there an enthusiasm that they're going to come and, and hear about Jewish heritage or hear about the work that's being done? So essentially, you know, we actually want to give them the voice. And we want to meet them where they are. And what we are trying to do is really um, invest in what they're doing. What we've seen um, until now is by the end of this year, we'll have invested $100 million um, in students across these different places on 400 campuses around the world. Um, And really, it's about us giving those students the voice and an authentic voice to be able to be part of the conversation of the generations um, around Jewish identity and connections to Israel. Part of that, for example is our startup initiatives on campuses. So we have said in places where there is not yet activity that is Jewish, um, but there is great potential, we would like to partner with these amazing organizations. So just as an example... Oh, I was hoping for one. (laughs) um, Yesterday, I had an amazing conversation um, with the people that are leading an incredible man called Joel um, that are leading the Hillel in France, which five weeks ago did not exist. Um, And thanks to our partnership... There was no campus Hillel organization. In France. There was no Campus Hillel organization in France. And there are plenty of Jewish students, I would assume, on campuses in France. There are plenty, plenty of students. There are different, beautiful, um, there's there's beautiful work that's going there, but not through the Hillel initiative to bring that global. And, you know, he was just telling us that these students had no connection to Israel. These students had no opportunity um, to be able to be part of that conversation. And through their works, it's literally one month old. You know, they've already seen 200 students that have connected in a meaningful way. Because if you give them that voice, if you give them, I'm trying to understand this because a little bit of it is abstract, as you can imagine. If you give them that voice, if you go and meet them where they are, as you just described, you assume that they are going to start a process of getting more and more involved, both personally and communally, with the Jewish world. That's exactly true. And we give a um, whole 
different ex- um, group of options. So there's immersive experiences. Oh, there's follow-up where you expect them to take an active role in this. 100%. So uh, we, we give, give me our, an example of the immersive experience. So immersive experience, for example, we brought over a 1,000 students um, through Alamithri Chabad to Poland mm. um, where they can you know question and um, challenge their Jewish identity, understand what happened there historically and ask themselves where they find themselves in that picture. Another example is we have portal programs whereby they can access um, in their own way through a whole host of experiences, whether it's Shabbat meals, whether it's learning experiences. And we've identified, you know, the opportunity of that as not just being an amorphous, you know, here, there, whatever it is, rather 10 experiences that are sustained means that a student will be more connected in a sustained way. So our um, structures are based around that. So a student is you know, invited in the first place, but we encourage them to come 10 times through different diverse experiences. And once they've um, met that standard through the individual organization, then they've met that Mosaic United standard. So Does that include the students you're going to meet today? Yes. You're going to recommend immersive experiences for them and, and give them options of what they could pursue? Yes, 100%. And I think that, you know, today more than ever, we need to give options because students come from different places and we know Chanoch Lenard Al Darko. We need to educate people according to their way. And people really come from different places today and they need that opportunity. That's just the work on campus that we do. But we really um, employ a continuum strategy across 13 to 35-year-olds. We don't believe that there's one silver bullet that is going to be able to help the Jewish people to continue in that more meaningful way. And therefore, we've identified 10 different areas, 10 different fields, 10 different pillars, whereby um, the Jewish people can connect on that you know, continuum as they move through that Jewish youth from 13 to 35 so that bat mitzvah and bar mitzvah are not an end point but rather a springboard into what they can do in the future. Um, Rabbi Benji Levy is here, CEO of Mosaic United website, mosaicunited.org, mosaicunited.org. You know, there are a lot of people uh, um, who need this type of uh, introduction to Judaism who are not on college campuses. There are a lot of people who are just, you know, regular people out there uh, and they and their families, can you do you at all deal with those who are off of the campuses, with communities that are, you know, not necessarily centered around the college campus? One hundred percent. So um, we have a, a whole suite of different opportunities there. We're looking at high school exchange to Israel. We know that there's only approximately four hundred students um, that come on a sustained exchange type program, as like a year to, of their high school year. So it could be a semester, it could right. be a year, as opposed to the shorter term programs. Right. Um, and we're looking at an opportunity to grow that tenfold. And we're speaking to partners, to organizations, to philanthropic partners um, that can see that happen in a meaningful way. We also um, you know, see with teens there's a whole host of different clubs and different organizations that operate after school or for non-day school students. And we're looking at ways to, to really grow that in a meaningful way and work with them. On the flip side, you, know, you see the whole young adult space. Um, and there's so many different amazing organizations that are going on. However, they don't always listen to one another. They don't always work together in consonants. And we're looking for opportunities whereby they can share resources, where they can be part of that same conversation. Because ultimately, we're all trying to achieve the same thing. That's to strengthen Jewish identity in a meaningful way. And we can only do that if we work together. Right. Can one do that without stepping on each other? There are a lot of post um, or I should say after-school programs that take place in, in, in middle schools and high schools uh, in this country. Uh, some great organizations, some wonderful campus organizations, some of which you mentioned, some of which you did not mention, that do great work uh, as we speak. We're familiar with a lot of them. Can, can all of them work together with Mosaic United? 
I, I think that the answer is most certainly yes. Of course, we have certain standards and benchmarks um, because we believe in people always pushing the bar higher. Um, however, if we can be part of that, you know, we're, we try to be as inclusive as possible. Um, and we invite people as long as they can meet those standards to be part of this conversation. Who's your biggest funder? Is it or is or your only funder? Is it the state of Israel? No, the way the um, the funding works is that the state of Israel didn't want to take a presumptuous approach whereby Israel, so to speak, is telling the diaspora what to do. It's the exact opposite. These are real altruistic dollars, dollars lishma, and therefore the idea is that the state of Israel gives one third of the money. And the other two-thirds of the money comes from the diaspora so that they can have an authentic partnership but not be over-domineering in that sense. And there are philanthropists, and I'm not saying this to be facetious or disrespectful, but the, when it comes to abstract concepts like this, sometimes it's harder to raise money from you know from those who want to support Jewish causes. Have you found that there are people out there who want this program to move forward? Um, we've actually found more um, now more than ever that there's incredible people that want to see this move forward. Um, in, in a really sustained and meaningful way. As I mentioned, just for example, you know, when it comes to the campuses, we have um, invested by the end of this year over $100 million. Um, and that's not an insignificant amount in this important space. We know that the campus is the front line of that opportunity for Jewish experiences. If we look at our steering committee alone, um, we've got Gary Turgo, who's our yeah. chairman, um, and he's, you know, incredible in that way. We've got Eduardo Elstein, We've got David Shapira, we've got Karen Davidson, we've got Dr. Larry Platt, we've got Edward Mizrahi, we've got Jeremy Dunkel, you see from Australia. Oh, you, have, you have people who are affiliated with other organizations that are doing great work as well. Exactly. And, and as you can see, there's people across the spectrum. Sure. There's people across the world. You've got South America, you've got England, you've got Australia, you've got North America. And you're able to coordinate all of this. I think they coordinate us. <laughs> um, and I think well, that, you were introduced as the as the head of all this, as the CEO. <laughs> yes, but I'm just a, a shaliach. I'm just a representative of all. What's of your next stop? Are you uh, heading at all in the in the near future to places like Europe and uh, and other areas of the world to do this? Um, definitely, already on the campus. Um, you know, in the campuses, we're active in Europe um, and all over the world. I think our next. No, I mean, stop, you personally. I mean, you said you were at Hillel in Denver. So someone like yourself now. Will you be paying visits to other parts of the globe to see how things are going there? Most certainly. I think that, you know, sometimes over here we forget that 40% of Jewry um, that is outside of Israel are outside of North America as well. And it's important to be part of that conversation. I really think it strengthens it. Two weeks ago I was in Poland um, and, you know, it was amazing to connect to the Jews over there. And we're looking for a way for them to unite across the board. I think the next step for us, um, which we're looking at, which is very interesting, is a Jewish peace corps for the world. We're looking at an opportunity to say, you know, as we said at the beginning of the show, our fate unites us very much from the outside. But that's our goral. That's our fate. What about our destiny? What about our yud? What's something that we can unite around in a meaningful way? And you alluded to Israel, which is an incredible example. Of course, our people. Of course, our Torah. But what's in a mission that the more unaffiliated slash underaffiliated Jews can unite around? And we see that 72% of those that are engaging in Jewish service and volunteer, sorry, in service work and volunteering, um, are doing it outside of a Jewish framework. Right. And therefore we're saying it's coming from a very Jewish source. These are real Jewish values, but how can we really put them in a more Jewish framework that they can learn from and give in that way? You, th you see there's a real you know, obsession and a lot of discussion around this concept of tikkun olam. Right. Um, and some people say, you know, this tikkun olam is, is lacking tochen. It's become just a slogan in many ways, um, and it's not necessarily connected with the roots um, of the meaning of the word. 
um, and therefore avoiding that. Our approach is different. We acknowledge the fact that some people have more depth and some people have less depth. Um, but that doesn't mean that everyone can't have more depth. We can all grow one step closer. And we're recognizing that um, you know, the millennial generation and, even, and Generation Z in many senses of the word are connecting in that way. And therefore, we want to help them continue to connect in that way and just deepen that attachment through a Jewish lens. Phenomenal. You're doing great work, to say the least. Information about all of this, mosaicunited.org. Mosaicunited.org. The CEO of Mosaic United is right, Benji Levy. Anything else you'd like to add, sir? I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity, and we can't wait to launch more pillars to see more Jews around the world connecting to their heritage and connecting to their future. And you know our recommendation. Every one of these students and people who are trying to connect to Judaism, let them know about JM and the AM and the Nachum Single Network. It can only enhance their Jewish life, I hope. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate the time. Rabbi Benji Levy, Mosaic United. It is a Thursday morning, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. מצאתי שתי מילים שיהודים אומרים בכל מקום על מה שכבר היה, מה שעוד לא קרה לא משנה כי זה תמיד יהיה נכון
Thursday morning broadcast. Yaakov Shweki, of course, here. Well, it's no secret that one of my favorite guests is Rabbi uh, Kenneth Brander, and Rabbi Brander is going to join us in a second. I, I spoke to Rabbi Brander a moment ago, obviously, and, and just making sure that he's uh, on the line, etc. And and he said such an important thing to me. Uh, we obviously, with the news from Israel today, obviously we have to focus on the on the uh, the pain and the agony that the collective Jewish heart is feeling as another uh, two of our brethren have been uh, murdered by the enemy. And then at the same time, especially as Ray Brander said, since he's now actually living in Israel, of course, at the same time, there is so much positive, there is so much energy, there are so many wonderful things going on in the Holy Land, and we have a responsibility, at least I think so, we have a responsibility to constantly remind everybody of those amazing things. Our friends at Oratora Stone, as you know, they are transforming Jewish life, learning, and leadership worldwide. They are energized by the leadership of their new president and Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Dr. Kenny Brander. They're building on the unique vision of their incredible founder, Chancellor Emeritus and Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Riskin, fueled by a unique combination of educational institutions, women's empowerment programs, outreach initiatives, leadership development, and social action projects impacting upon Israeli and world society. Rabbi Kenny Brander, Rosh Hashiva, President, Oratora Stone, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always uh, good to, uh, to be on the uh, to, to be on the radio with you and to be able to uh, hear you all over the world. Uh, I get to hear you every single day, thank God, <laughs> and uh, it's a piece of, you know, it's a piece of home for me, even the Chutzlaretz, <laughs> not home. So I you appre- just feel that way. I appreciate that. If we serve as a connection to the old country for you. Yes, yes you do, <laughs> you do, you do. That's very satisfying. Um, what you said to me is so profound. We, we have to spend a minute, uh, you know, you always have a unique perspective um, the, the terrible news, the terrible news, the, the funeral yesterday of Amiyad Yisrael, the, the news from this morning, of course, of our brethren, and all these things are, 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 are so depressing, obviously, and, and do affect the collective Jewish heart around the world. And at the same time, as you just mentioned to me a few minutes ago, there's so much to be positive about and so much energy that you are seeing, literally seeing, in front of you as you live now in Israel and are involved with all the students of our Torah Stone. It, it, I'm sure you agree that sometimes it's a difficult balance to maintain. Of course it's a difficult balance to maintain, but uh, being Jewish uh, is a difficult balance to maintain. And I think that you're right on the point, and that is, first of all, we have to recognize the tragic loss. It's not just two people. It's their siblings, it's their parents, it's their relatives, it's their friends. This doesn't just shatter two people's lives. It shatters communities' lives. There's reverberations you know, all over Medinat Yisrael. Um, it, it just affects the entire, the entire community. Yeah. It's not just an Orthodox community. It's not just a religious Zionist community. It doesn't matter where they live in Tel Aviv, Ashdod, Renana, Golan, Galil, or Ilat. It, it affects all of us. I think that's the first point. The second point, you know, is just as a personal reflection, you know, I, I've seen with my own students, you know, uh, having to speak to students right after uh, Ari Fold, Zatzal, uh, was murdered um, because his son and his family is part of the Ortara Stone family. Um, you know, you just see it, it, it's painful, it hurts, 
Uh, and uh, all the high schools, in particular Ortero Stone, has a whole infrastructure on how to deal with tragedies of this nature, uh, support systems. But Nahum, that, that night, going to his uh, Ari Lavaya, I mean, there were thousands and thousands of people who came because they didn't know him, but they just needed to be there. And it was, if a funeral can be an uplifting experience, it was one of the most uplifting experiences, you know, for me personally. And I see that not only a resilience, but I think it's more than that. There's just a commitment uh, by my students, by my colleagues, just to make sure that we continue to live the everyday even in times in which there are critical challenges. Right. And I could just articulate it with one more example. Sure. I was walking through one of the high schools uh, called Oria. Uh, it's in the Gush area, um, and it, it serves uh, hundreds of young women. Uh, an exceptional school. It's won many awards from the Israeli government. Um, and I was meeting with the principal. And the principal of the school is a woman whose father, a hundred feet from her office, just picture this, a hundred feet from her office in the Gush area, was taken captive when a, when a lone shvut fell um, after 1948, when it fell. Right. And um, she w- her father was taken captive, and every single day she goes to school as the principal, as the head of school of that school, teaching children a hundred feet from where her father, uh, who was not hiding in the bunker, but was one of those soldiers who was protecting those hiding in the bunker, was taken captive. And she picked this school to be the head of school of, to make the statement that Netzach Yisrael lo yishaker, that the eternality of the Jewish people continues to thrive, and Am Yisrael chai. And I think even when we mourn the losses of such tragic losses, I'm sure that the Rav of Ofra, who is becoming slowly a friend and a mentor of mine, Rav Gisser, will tell you, we have a responsibility to still light the lights and and, and dispel the darkness around the world, because that's what Jews do. You know, and this is what, and look, you're very familiar with the American mentality. This is what sometimes is so hard for us to believe the strength and resilience of how the families immediately, and in the Fold case we saw it in front of our eyes, immediately bounce back, immediately start discussing the Netzach Israel topic. And it, it, it's just, for us, it is sometimes so hard to believe that they're able to have the strength and resilience to do that. And as you just alluded to, no doubt the same heroes and the same young pioneers and their families in Ofra and that area are going to bounce back in the very same way. Please, God, and yes, I think it's so. Unbelievable. Rabbi Kenny Branders with us. I, I was looking at this amazing and incredible comprehensive chart of Artura Stone and what, what they have been doing and continue to do around the state of Israel. Uh, I, I wonder if going into this new position you even realized the type of impact your organization and educational effort is having uh, all around the state of Israel and the world. We could just start for a moment with the state of Israel. I didn't realize that IDF bases are um, are um, uh, being uh, uh, enhanced uh, by soldiers who are you know part of your educational system. That OTS's educational campuses 
are as many as there are around the uh, around the country. Uh, I mean, what could you tell us about the vast growth and the continued growth of Artur Stone just in Israel for a moment? Well, again, I'm I'm also learning on a regular basis, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think if we just focus on the IDF piece, you know, we have uh, in our Yeshivat has there we have 140 men who are entering the army on a regular basis. 33 percent of them will serve in elite uh, commando units. Uh, these are young men uh, who are just committed to Torah study as well as in service, and they make a difference. And they make a difference every single day, both in the Beit Midrash as well as, um, you know, uh, you know, hopefully safely on, you know, in the field. Yep. But they make a difference, and they're willing to uh, sacrifice everything uh, for the future of the Jewish people, not just in Israel, around the world. But a new program that we've been involved in for many years is the fact that we have 350 women serving in one of four units, either in education or they're serving in commando units, which means that they're responsible to be the navigational instructors for commandos. They teach commander, commandos um, how to find their way home. Women always teach people how to find their way home, <laughs> but they're teaching it in a new way. Right. And that is you're taking commandos, no maps, no nothing, drop them somewhere, and these women teach them how to find their way home. We have a group of women who are a part of Shimona Matayim. It's an elite uh, unit that deals in intelligence. And uh, we have a group that also works in the Air Force. And I think that, for me, the most proud component is the fact that these women are also, 34 of them are now serving as officers in the IDF. And most of them, Nahum, when they complete their officer's training, also make a seum on a mesechta in Shas. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I met a, a woman who's a major, who's, a re, who's married to a rabbi, and she's a major in the army. She has finished 17 mesechtas. And she is not, you know, you can't take a picture with her in uniform because she's in an elite unit. Um, we had two women who received awards uh, in the president, at the president's house, and Yom Ma'ut, they give out awards. Their names could not be mentioned because they're in elite units. Only the schools that they went to uh, could be mentioned. Um, and the Svarim that Orto Stone are creating for these women, so it fits uh, in the various pockets in uh, in their uniforms, be it the dress uniform that they wear, literally the uh, the uniforms that they've made with dresses for these women, or the pants uniforms that they need to wear, wear at times, and they fit into their pockets so that when they have time off between serving, they can sit and learn Torah. It's just you know, for 2,000 years, the Jewish people have not made svarim to be able to fit into army uniforms. <laughs> That's true. And Artur Stone, uh, you know, is having the privilege to do that. And, and then we're in, engaging, thanks, and with the help of the Israeli government, we're engaging in Jewish community centers, what's known as Matnasim, all over Israel. At the present time, we have 48 uh, staff people working in 188 community centers. Last year, we interacted with 305 Israelis uh, through these community centers. This year, please God, we will hit 400,000. We've already just an, over the Chagim through uh, Shofar in the Park, explanatory Yom Kippur services. Um, a program that we ran over Hanukkah, 
Um, one program hit 35,000. Another program hit 45,000. Another program for Hanukkah, we hit 10,000. Just engaging people, not forcing them to become religious, right. but giving them the opportunity to explore the thirst that you feel in Israel, or all over the Jewish world for that matter, for people to come home and without indoctrination and coercion to find their spiritual wings. It is amazing. Rabbi Kenny Brender is with us. Nearly 1,000 people were in attendance last month on November the 14th at the Jerusalem Theater in Israel for the Israeli installation of Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander as president and Rosh Hashiva of our Torah Stone. Uh, he is now in the midst, and they at Artura Stone are in the midst of this investiture period, which will culminate in the festive investiture dinner in New York City coming up on Wednesday, December the 19th. We'll talk more about that dinner in a moment. Rabbi Brander, what was the moment for you last month at the Jerusalem Theater? Uh, I think there were many moments. First of all, the focus really was on the institution and the and the fact that we are really an international Torah institution, um, engaging Jews in a orthodoxy that is contemporary and relevant. Um, I think that for me personally, Rabbi Riskin, who is one of the major leaders of this generation of the Jewish community, how humble and how unbelievably, in such a caring and menschlich way, He's been involved with this transition, and he's orchestrated this transition. Um, and yeah, talk about balance. Transitions need good balance. He's can, been, he's, Rabbi Riskin has just been nothing less than unbelievable. Yeah, you know, I could see everybody that. warned me, you know, I, is this going to work? How can it work? Yada, yada, yada. But I have to tell you something. He has just been exceptional. Teaching, writing, uh, helping with the fundraising at every request, yeah, we meet, we speak almost daily, sometimes multiple times a day, always there with guidance, but yet giving me the space uh, to run the organization and, and to take it, you know, to build the second floor on the wonderful superstructure that Rabbi Riskin has created. These are his institutions, and right. my goal was to build on his legacy, but he's done so with such menschlichkeit, you couldn't have choreographed. Uh, a finer, uh, menschlich, uh, appropriate way that he has uh, been engaging in this transition. And that was quite evident um, at the installation where he got appropriate recognition, and please God will continue to get it for what he has accomplished. And uh, in in very uh, public ways, I made it clear about this transition and how excited he is about it. And I think for me, the most beautiful piece, I mean, it was really choreographed so beautifully by the people who put it together. I really had very little to do with it, almost nothing other than the speech I gave, um, really nothing. Um, but just the students, the hundreds of students that came from the Golan, uh, to, from the south to the north, who came to participate, as well as various, obviously a thousand people, but the dancing at the end uh, with all the students, with Rabbi Riskin and myself, it was just, it was magical. Must have been. Hard to explain, but it was magical. Must have been amazing. On Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, December the 19th, at the Museum of Jewish Heritage, Battery Place right here in New York City, with a reception beginning at 6.15 and the dinner starting at 7.30, it will be the, uh, I guess we could say, the American or North American or, or diaspora investiture 
of uh, Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander. He will um, he will have the the, the investiture as president of Rosh Hashiva will take place. Rabbi Riskin will confer the mantle of leadership upon him. Maurice and Marion Spanbach will uh, will uh, receive the lifetime achievement award, and the keynote speaker that night, this coming Wednesday, will be the senior political contributor for NBC News, and that's Brett Stevens. And all of this, of course, in support of Oratora Stone. We recommend you go to the website, get your reservations in as soon as possible uh, by going to ots.org.il, ots.org.il. You will see in their news section all the information about the dinner. Rabbi Brander, uh, what can you tell our listeners about uh, this upcoming Wednesday night get-together at the Museum of Jewish Heritage and why it would be inspiring for them to attend. Well, I think the first thing is to celebrate, really, the legacy of Rabbi Riskin, which we will continue to do. I mean, here is a man and here is an organization that is uh, transforming tens of thousands of people's lives in the diaspora. There isn't a community... um, in North America and in Europe that hasn't been touched by students, by Rabbeim, by women who are playing the role of a Rabbanit. Um, uh, there isn't a community in the diaspora that hasn't been affected in a positive way by our students. And I think it's important for there to be a Hakarat Atov for what Rabbi Riskin has accomplished. I mean, we have, right now, we have over 200 and 25 rabbis and rabbitsons serving in communities from Teaneck to Tbilisi from all over the world. And it's important to recognize that. Uh, in addition to that, we are the, and this is an unfortunate challenge, but one that we need to take on, we are the largest organization dealing with Agunot internationally. Wow. So right now, as we speak, we're dealing with 155 Aguna cases. Outside of Israel as well? Outside of Israel. We have, uh, it's an international reach. We have lawyers all over the world, private detectives all over the world, social workers. Wow. We work with the Rabbanut. We are the only organization that the Rabbanut has allowed into their courts where we have women who are trained in the laws of Jewish divorce, and they serve as the toenet, they serve as the legal uh, representatives of women who are being held hostage. And we are aggressively working on this. That needs to be recognized. It is, we have the largest organization that, that, that deals with that, called Yadli Isha. Um, oh, no. we, have, we have thousands of alumni all over the world we have, we are working and making a difference, not just within Israel, uh, but whether it's through our conversion institutions throughout the world, uh, whether it's through our alumni, whether it's through our emissary families, through the Baron Amiel and Stras Amiel program, whether it's the work we're doing with Yadli Isha. Uh, we're making a difference to guarantee the future of the Jewish people, and, not only in Israel, but throughout the world. And by the way, I just have to, before I give the dinner information again, I, I just have to read this list of Strauss Amiel and Baron Amiel emissaries. Artur Stone, everybody, as we've always featured and as we've spoken about this morning, has such an impact in Israel, and the numbers outside of Israel are exactly as Rabbi Brander has described. But just to give you a perspective, (laughs) their emissaries are in Britain, U.S., Australia, Philippines, New Zealand, Lithuania, Canada, Switzerland, Argentina, Czech Republic, China, Brazil, El Salvador, Mexico, Ecuador, Colombia, Italy, Spain, Panama, Belgium, Denmark, South America, South Africa, Poland, Germany, Russia, Norway, Sweden, Austria, Turkey, 
Finland, and Portugal. I guess it would be impossible for you to visit all of them, Rabbi Brander. Yeah, but we're bringing them back in groups together in different parts of the world so oh, I can yeah. still see our students without having to spend my whole, uh, you know, Rabbi Riskin's title was Avinu Shabbat Shemayim because he was always flying. <laughs> right. And he's, he's much better at it than I am. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have a, uh, a 13-year-old still at home that I'd still <laughs> like to raise. So we're bringing them in different groups together. And, Nachum, I have to say, another thing that we've just started is you know, there are wonderful seminaries for women where women can study Torah all, you know, all over Israel. Um, Madresh at Lindenbaum was the first seminary right. that was created, and now, thank God, there are so many wonderful ones, and they all need to be supported. Right. We've now, for the first time, created an honors program for women to study. We're calling it Matmidot Scholars, where for the first time in women's learning, there will be... Um, extra hours of learning in an enrichment program under Menachem Liebtag in the study of Tanakh or in, in the study of Gemara under Rabbanit Sally Mayer, where we've created a program we, where we have gotten support from leaders throughout Israel so that these young women who are now going to be part of our Honors Matmidot Scholars program will be able to meet with them around their dining room tables and talk about leadership. And at the same time, these young women We'll have chavrusas with our Darkenu students, our students, our young women with special needs, the only program for diaspora Jews where young men and young women can spend a year in Israel with special needs and still enjoy the avira, the beautiful, magical air of yeah, they're doing what their colleagues are doing, spending a year in Israel, which of course right. was impossible no, in the past. No right. other program like that. Right. So for all of these reasons, and if you can't come to the dinner, we at the same time we have an Ortora Stone Giving Day on uh, next Wednesday and Thursday. Right. Um, and you can go to the website ots.org.il and participate that way. Um, but the bottom line is, um, we are trying to make a difference throughout the Jewish world. And under Rabbi Riskin's unbelievable uh, leadership, we have fueled uh, serious educational institutions, serious opportunities for outreach initiatives, leadership development, social action, and all at the same time making sure that young men and young women can play leadership roles around the Jewish world. By the way, Rabbi Sally Mayer, as you know, is part of our October broadcast week from Israel, made quite, right. an, quite an impression, to say the well, least. Well, you know, listen... She is a modest young lady yeah. uh, who has finished shots a few times. I know. I'm sure she will be very unhappy that I, I've said that publicly. I was completely intimidated <laughs> sitting there, trust me. Yeah, don't, don't give her a bechina. You're not going to win on that one, Nahum. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I remind everybody that there's a big night coming up for our friends at Artura Stone, and you will find it fascinating and enjoyable. It's at the Museum of Jewish Heritage this coming Wednesday, December the 19th. Celebrate Rabbi Riskin's leadership, Rabbi Kenneth Brander's uh, investiture as president of Rosh Hashiva. You hear about the work they're doing. It's amazing. Uh, started back in the early 80s, and this is what it's become. How proud all of us are who've been following Rabbi Riskin and Rabbi Brander all this time. Uh, Lifetime Achievement Award, Mazal Tov to Maurice and Marion Spanbach. Brett Stevens will be the keynote speaker. Always a great listen. And all you got to do is go to ots.org.il, ots.org.il. Get your reservations in. Enjoy the night. And as uh, Rabbi Brander reminded us, on Wednesday of next week, Wednesday and Thursday, it's Giving Day, an opportunity, whether you're at the dinner or not, to support the great work of our Torah Stone. All right, Brander, I take this opportunity to wish you again a mazel tov. Enjoy the North American, American diaspora investiture, and, uh, you. and your time here in New York, and uh, continued success with our Torah Stone. 
Thank you, Nachum. Thank you so much. And continue your, really, your holy work bringing Jews together throughout the world. Greatly Thank appreciate you. that, Rabbi Dr. Kenneth Brander, one of our favorite guests. Mazal tov to him. The big uh, ceremony continues Wednesday night at the Museum of Jewish Heritage, and the incredible work continues every single day for our brethren in Israel and for our brethren around the world. Kolakavod, Trevoriskin, Ray Brander, and everybody at Or Torah Stone. More coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM.
Shame the aim Thursday. Lo alecha. That's Baruch Levine. Brand new Baruch Levine, by the way. Brand new Baruch Levine from an album entitled, um, oh gosh, <laughs> give me a second. I'll think about it. Uh, an album entitled Peduscha. Thank you. Peduscha. Baruch Levine with Lo alecha here at JMNAM. Mordechai Ben David with Esachai off of Kula Mahuvim. You heard Rakachad from Yoni Z. 18 minutes before the hour, JMNAM on a Thursday. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Lots of exciting programming, as you would suspect, all day long here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Um, let's see. First of all, Charlie Harari comes up next with an in-depth look at embracing 1%. Embracing 1%. Charlie Harari with Unlocking Greatness coming up at 9 o'clock. Spin class with Michael Fragan to look at the latest political news. 10 o'clock, Allison Joseph with Ninoska Ravid, Managing Director of Women in Theater. Um, that's Life Encore. Miriam Al Wallach is joined by Mo Mernick to discuss his book, The Gift of Stuttering. Thursday's live lunch will be live from this studio from 11 until 1 Eastern time. Throwback Thursday at 1. JM Rewind at 4 with both the Yoichi Herzog and the members of 613. That's at 4 o'clock today. And the Arab Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek brought to you by wonderful people at Kedem. That happens at 7 p.m. And JM Nam Encore at midnight Eastern time tonight. That's when you can hear this show again. So lots going on. Thanks so much for tuning in and staying with us all day long throughout our entire Thursday format. It's much appreciated. And um, and we'll speak to you next during the live lunch at 11 a.m. Eastern time. 
right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Tomorrow, Malcolm Holmline, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, he will join us coming up tomorrow at, um, let's see, what time? <laughs> 7.40 Eastern Time. 7.40 Eastern Time, Malcolm Holmline tomorrow. 7.40 Eastern Time for the uh, weekly update. Make sure to be tuned in. Or by Udren, of course, is going to join us. Plenty more all happening here on a Friday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Ohad is next at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. with Eitan Freilich. It's called Ivdu. Ohad before that with Levado here on a Thursday morning broadcast. J.M. in the A.M. I got to thank uh, Alan Blumenthal. He reminded me. Uh, I wanted to make sure to remind the audience. I'm so glad he reminded me. Uh, guest speaker this coming Saturday night at the congregation, Talmud Torah Flatbush. Talmud Torah Flatbush, as I've said many times, has this amazing lecture series each and every year. They, they should be, and I know they are very proud of it. 
and they're getting hundreds of people there on a Saturday night. This coming Saturday night at the Congregation Tomatora of Flatbush, 1305 Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn, starting at 8.15, Rabbi Ari Lamb, special advisor to the president of Yeshiva University, will speak on the topic of the Jews, the Greeks, and the battle for Western civilization. This coming Saturday night, December the 15th, 1305 Coney Island Avenue in Brooklyn, beginning at 8.15. More coming up. It's eighth day at JM in the AM. Mercy, 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 mercy
Achayinu Yisrael and Achimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web, on NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible uh, Thursday here at JM in the AM. Charlie Harari is next. Plenty of great programming all through the day, of course including the live lunch, which will be from this New York studio starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Big thank you to our friends at Kedem. They sponsor the uh, Kedem Erev Shabbos show at 7 p.m. tonight with Mark Zamek. And don't forget, you could hear Yaichi Herzog and his visit to JM and the AM during JM Rewind, along with the 613 visit. Uh, that starts at 4 p.m. this afternoon Eastern time, right after Throwback Thursday. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Tomorrow we're back. Malcolm Honline will join us and plenty more. We wrapped up, by the way, with Schlockrock uh, from Lenny's album Shira Yatera here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Single reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.